What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. Another podcast, another special guest. Sorry, I'm eating. You are eating. <laughs> we have this charcuterie board. It's really just good. Munching away over there. Um, our second guest to come back for second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. So, so that means excited. we're actually like doing something well. If they want to come back, right? We must be doing something right. <laughs> we song. have our awesome friend Cat who is in the, well, we talked about this on the last podcast, but distribution world. Yes. 100% Italiano. Yes. Is it 100% yet? No. No, it's still the same. Okay. <laughs> no, we still haven't. I wonder how long it's going to take. But our friend Kat has jumped on this podcast with us. We're so happy to have you back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What's new? What's going on in your world Oh. since the last time we chatted? Started taking horse riding lessons. Yeah, that's super new. cool. Wow. How's that going? It's really good. Yeah, I did my first posting trot this past week. Okay, I'm really proud of that. It's where you stand up in the saddle a little bit. All right. Um, and then yeah, still doing distribution. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's my side hobby. Though. That's your that's your side hustle. <laughs> it's my new party trick, like opener. <laughs> and you did go to brunch this morning. I did said. go to brunch this morning. Went to the Continental in Nashville. Okay, nice. bottom of the Grand Hyatt Hotel. Rating one to ten. Oh my god, ten. 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 Wow. Ten based on the sommelier alone. My buddy Jacob. Jacob. Wow. Really works Shout there. out to Jacob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have a mimosa or what'd you have? Um, we started with some champagne. I believe it was the Palmering Company champagne. I didn't okay. catch the vintage. Um, and then I actually had a little fino sherry with my French Ooh. toast. <laughs> so fancy. That sounds like a really good pairing, actually. I really just basically threw the little menu card at Jacob and was like, fill my glass, pick something, and that's what we decided to go for. So you are so fancy. Thanks. <laughs> sherry. This reminds me of Fraser. Have you guys had sherry? Yeah. Do you guys drink sherry? I mean, we've had sherry. Yeah. We actually recently we tried one at Amber Falls. We just did a podcast with Amber Falls. Yeah. And they had one there. It was like a almost like a cream. It was a cream mm-hmm. sherry. Yeah. And it was unbelievably good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I actually good. really, really dig the sherries because they're oxidative and they're like nutty and and then they're really cool because mm-hmm. the, the nutty flavors pair with sweet things really well. But the French toast, since it was dry, it like cut it really, really mm. nicely. It was so, so good. What was on the French toast? It had, you know, whipped cream and they have some sort of like citrus cream thing. I don't know, man. I didn't even ask questions. I was just like, you're just down you're for like, it. Yes, this is so good. Yeah. They have a pastry cart that comes around. Like to get, the table? Yes. What? And then they give you descriptions. You get to pick your pastry. So I had like a banoffee muffin croissant. Everything goodness. Everything. Wow. I, I have no words. Like okay. everything was so incredibly good. So they do brunch on the weekends? Yes. Saturday and Sundays? Brunch okay. on Saturdays and Sundays. I want to say it's 11 to 3. Okay. Um, And then, of course, they have the regular dinner service that they do throughout the week. Have you had dinner there? I have not had dinner there. Okay. But it's supposed to be freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Sean Brock is the is the chef there, so he's also okay. um, Joyland. If you guys have heard, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he 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 also is a part of that as well. Okay, Just incredible. One of the one of the many incredible chefs that we have running around Nashville. Yeah, so it was really, wow. really good. Highly recommend brunch specifically. Brunch, recommend. yeah, which is good because there's we need to know about more cooler brunch spots to hit. Oh yeah, you know I Definitely. love brunch. 
I think, and we're in a brunch kind of town. Yeah. People love brunch here. But not a lot of places I feel like do it right, you know? Yeah. Well, so we'll guys, check this place out. To, mm-hmm. It's good to know that there are some some good places. It was fun because it was different. It didn't feel like a uh, expensive waffle house, which is what sometimes the brunch spots mm-hmm. can yeah. feel like to me. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was tailored. They had so many different flavors going on and really cool stuff to try. That was a good time. We got to try it. We got to try it. Well, we, uh, Kat and I were talking last week about what we wanted to do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, hey, I've got this bottle from 1993 sitting around. Why don't we talk about <laughs> aging wine? And yeah. I was like, first of all, what are you doing with a bottle from 1993? Right. So Second of all, my, hell yeah. My uncle, he, he's been in the restaurant business for years. That's how he's made his living. And he has his hands on some cool bottles and he's been aging them for quite a while. And he just randomly gave me, you know, six for Christmas. And he what? was like, this is either going to be the best Christmas gift or the worst. And it has been the, the best gift because it's just been so fun to dig into these older vintages that I've never had before. Um, and I've just been kind of taking them and showing them around to buddies because it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, they're kind of, it would be expensive if we thought to sell them, but I'm like, let's pop it and try it let's yeah figure out what this is all about so. so what's been the oldest bottle that you received in that christmas i think this one package? this one is the 93, the 93. Okay. Uh, it was a kind of a batch of 93 94 97 and 98 was okay. kind of what they were and um there was i know there was one california and there might have been two yeah there was two california and three french portos so it was cool so i got to we got to try the whole spread it was really nice and the ones you have tried so far have been amazing really incredible yeah that's awesome. Which which is funny because you know he's he's moved since obviously since first procuring these so he was like I don't know how they're gonna be like I haven't popped them in a while but they've he he did a good job they've aged really really well they might be a little bit past their prime just for the time period sake but they're really excellent examples of of how these these wines age and even then it's kind of nice to be able to try something that's really really old so you yeah. you can even then it helps hone your palate to kind of gauge what is the the proper time frame from drinking these things so i don't want i know you got some notes over there but are you what's the proper way to age something like that um so typically your your most standard ideas is that you want to keep them away from direct sunlight you want to keep them away from any big light even just artificial light um they got to stay at a stable temperature typically uh pretty cool would be a good idea around like 53 59 is what everyone seems to go with i personally have my fridge at 52 but that's because i'm using it for my samples that i take out throughout the week that's mm-hmm. a little bit of like a multi multi-use there um so you want to do that you want to keep it uh pretty damp and pretty humid which is weird a lot of people wouldn't think of that but it kind of helps keep the cork fresh rather than it getting too dry and crumbly mm-hmm. um so they're saying like minimum 70 to 95 percent is how much humidity they want in the air. How much does mine have? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. I don't even know if I put water in it. No clue. Uh, free from vibrations is an interesting one. Um, mostly that's going to be so that the sediment doesn't get too knocked up at the bottom. And yeah. also because it's just not good for molecules probably to bounce around like that, I'm assuming. Um, then what's the other one? Yeah, I think that's that's mostly it. You're con- you got to control your temp, keep it away from light. Um, you do want to age them laying down as mm-hmm. well because that keeps the cork wet, keeps it from getting dried out. Um but those are like your really like base level basic ideas. We've talked about this like aging wine and not every wine is meant to be aged, right. especially, you know, like cheap grocery store wine. You don't really <laughs> want to age that you wine. You don't want to sit on a bottle of 2017 Josh from the grocery store. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what makes a good 
wine uh, ageable? Um, well, what you're looking for, they always recommend if you're going to age something, if you're not familiar with it, buy you a few bottles. Um, drink one within the year that you buy it. Drink one a few years later, and then you have your like max bottle that you're going to age the longest. What you're looking for when you're trying those wines, you're going to be looking for some high acid because that's really what's going to carry it through the length of its aging process, mm. as well as bigger tannins. Because what's going to happen as it gets older, all of that's going to really smooth out and round out. So if you don't have those high levels when you get started, it's just going to fall flat, be flabby, and you know, be it's it's going to go a lot quicker. It's not going to last as long. Um, you want to have a really good fruit prevalence, so something that's pretty, pretty lush in the mouth. Um, just cause that's also gonna, everything as it gets older is going to be calmed down and tamed. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is you're going to start to experience what they call those tertiary flavors, which are going to be kind of the, you have your primary, your secondary and your tertiary and tertiary is what's coming from the aging process. And it's just, it's another level that you can taste in a newer wine, but it's really going to be kicked up to the max when you age a bottle. Okay. That's so interesting and makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Complete sense. Alcohol level is a good one too. Uh, you want to keep it within like a little bit of a lower alk, aim for like 13.5, which still isn't like low, low, but still there. Um, because the the lower alcohol that you keep, the less chance you're going to have of it vinegaring in your cell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like the, the base idea. And, you know, it used to be where they, the idea was wines under $20 weren't going to be wines that you would want to age. Mm -hmm. Now they've even kicked it up to wines under 30. Oh. Is where our like threshold should stick. But that being said, you can throw whatever you want in your cellar and hang out with it and see how it Yeah, because maybe it doesn't have to, you know, this one's 93. Maybe it's not, you know, 30, 40 years, but maybe it's you want to age it for 10 years. And, right. You know, right. so it's always different. Mm -hmm. What are you doing over there? Sorry, we had to let the dog back in. <laughs> and then she was clearly digging because I smelled dirt like right away. So great. It's always an adventure. <laughs> anyway, this is so interesting to me. Yeah. All right. So what what else you got on your notes before we, uh, I want to try this sucker. Uh, go ahead. You can go ahead and start pouring it. I'm just going to give like a little bit of an explanation of, of what we're actually looking at, yeah. uh, which is going to be the Chateau Lin Chibage. Uh, this is from the Poyac, uh, which is going to be in the Madoc region of France. So you're looking at kind of like left bank Bordeaux. This is one of the oldest wine producers out there. Um, in fact, they're one of the only wine producers still making wine in France who've been around for over 500 years. It was founded in 1518 by Jean de Foix. Wow. Um, the highest quality wines that come from this guy, they're going to be some of the most expensive, mostly because they produce a limited amount of bottles um, each year, even more so going further back. All of it's going to be estate-grown fruit, um, and it's one of the only five Grand Cru classifieds in the Poyac region. Wow. So we've got that going for us. Um, and today they produce around 250,000 wines a year. 250,000 wines. Yes. Cases. Wow. Cases of wine. Cases of wine. Okay. It's so nice having someone on the podcast that can pronounce all these French things because <laughs> we butcher it every time. So it's every like fun time. to listen to and be like, oh, that's how it's actually supposed to sound. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, Chateau Lynch Bages. It's not Bages. It's Chateau Lynch Bages. And you did decant this. And do you recommend decanting all wine? 
It is up to preference. Uh, some wines that have kind of like that grippier tannic structure, they do need to be decanted. So think like your Barolos, Barbarescos can always do with a little bit of breathing. Mm-hmm. Really, the reason I decanted this one is because there's a strainer at the top of my decanter and older wines tend to have quite a bit of sediment at the bottom. Right. I wanted to make sure we weren't drinking any of that. Here, Teej, you got the long arms. All right, we're going to pour this sucker. Oh, that's a nice decanter. Yeah, I see what you're saying up at the top that's got the strainer. Thank you. It was, uh, you know, Boutique Dinani. My grandmother brought that for me. It's a nice present from my grandmother. Pretty color. She got me uh, the Asso as well that I opened this bottle with, which we could have had a discussion about that. I actually tucked it away. Um, But with these older corks, they tend to crumble and they're kind of, they're really a hassle to open. So rather than using our standard corkscrew, use what's called an Asso, which most people are going to use on all of their age bottles because it just, the cork crumbles and it looks like sand. Um, And the Asso, biggest way I can describe it would be maybe like a really large bobby pin would be the best idea. It's a little bit more open than that, way more open than that actually. Um, And you wiggle the little tongs down on either side of the cork. You twist it and you kind of like slowly pull up and that's what you're pulling that cork out with. And majority of the time you get very little cracks and that's just how you open it. Cause if you do a cork through, it's going to be messy. Hmm. <laughs> I think Kat needs a little more wine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just so she can really fully taste it with okay. us. I'm a professional pour. Yeah. Thank you. And then I, I think I need a little more too. <laughs> oh, be careful you're making me nervous while you're holding that thing okay that's good i guess i will oh no go. you had the most wait no yes okay, okay you're good you're good now you have like the king version i am the king uh-huh. okay <laughs> all right mm, what cheers. else do we need to know about this uh, bad boy? oh yeah cheers oh, before we get oh, i think cheers. that was cheers. pretty good we'll just get on in there Wow. We're swirling, by the way. You're swirling. (laughs) (laughs) For the nose on it, I mean, I was expecting something totally different on the nose. I mean, it smells. Well, I just, I I was expecting like a basement smell or something, (laughs) you know, something that I don't know. I mean, I think it does smell old. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It smells old, but I, I think it smells really. I don't know, appealing and still has a good. Right. Yeah, I think I it's got like a it's... lot of um, like herbs coming through it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Which that's definitely what you're going to find when you have an aged wine. Um, this one in particular, when mm. I cracked it open, was a little funky, but it's definitely blown off a little bit. So I'm actually glad I decanted it yeah. for secondary purposes rather than just yeah. the sediment. Mm. But, you know, right off the bat, we're going to be getting some cedar, some olive. Um, oh, the olive for sure. Olive for sure. Mm-hmm. Which I want to say, olive is a pretty uh, standard, uh, like secondary flavor that cabs tend to pick up. Which this is going to be pretty cab heavy. Uh, yeah. So I want to say it's like predominantly cab, a little bit of petite Bordeaux, maybe a little bit of merlot, but it's mostly cab. We're mostly drinking old cab. So is it pretty hard to get your hands on an old bottle like this? You kind of have to know people that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. Well, in the state of Tennessee, it's a little bit difficult because. We can't really partake in all of the online wine auctions that everyone's mm-hmm. holding and it's probably going to be the next big thing. Um, so that would probably be the easiest way of, of getting your hands on it. Um, kind of like your your larger, more legacy liquor stores and wine stores would be able to, to get their hands on some stuff because majority of them are, are probably sitting on some things to be aged anyway. Um, 
restaurants are going to have some, not a ton, but like a really, a really nice upscale restaurant might have some more age stuff, but yeah, it's really about who, you know, when it comes to come to the really old stuff. Yeah. Why, why can't we do the auctions in Tennessee? Uh, you can't have them shipped. They can't deliver your product. Oh. Um, so anyone, so yeah, we, we, we can't do them. Huh. That's really stupid. Here we but are. you can get other stuff shipped. I want to say it's Winery Direct can be shipped. Okay. So like I can be part of someone's wine club and they can send me the wine. Yeah. But as far as I'm, I know, which I might be a little outdated on that. Last time I really discussed it with someone was last year, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't believe that they can, they can ship to us. Interesting. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Because we could be all be buying some cool stuff and drinking some cool stuff, but they just don't want us to have it. This is really good. I'm really impressed by it. <laughs> I love it. I didn't know what to expect when I was like, uh, 93, you mm. know, because some of them. And it can go either way. Some yeah. people drink it and they're like, oh, this is tired and oh, this is... kind of weird. But I mean, as long as you keep it in a, a scientific perspective, of, mm-hmm. this is our first time trying this and exploring it. I think it can still be really fun. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Shout out to Uncle Bubba. Uncle, Uncle Bubba. Bubba. He did great. We, These are all so, so we good. We are so thankful for you, Uncle Bubba. <laughs> so do you think like one could buy, I mean, you were saying this kind of earlier, like mm-hmm. if you wanted to start aging a wine, you could buy it and then like test it a year later and then test it a couple years after that. Mm-hmm. But like, could people find wines like at like a wine shop that mm-hmm. they could age now? Like- like, um, would you want to get advice from somebody on like which ones to pick out that would be good to age? I'm not a fan of the second point that you brought up of okay. someone being like, oh, well, I mean, Chateau Lynchbage, that's a pretty hard one to bring up because like they're going to be pretty stellar no matter what. There are going to be your producers that you're going to recognize from coming from California, coming from France that are known for being t- able to age well. I'm not necessarily a fan of just buying it to age it. Yeah. Um, especially just based on, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Reputation alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's more so because I would rather people not just listen to what I'm saying to them, but rather do their own research and expand upon that and go within their own stuff. Gotcha. Um, So there are, I wish I I had thought to write down, you know, there's ranges for the different grapes, the different varietals of like typically how well they can go. Um, But it's really going to come down to your own personal research on the producer, how that stuff has aged in the past. Um, and then even ver- like um, what I'm thinking, vintage, vintage mm-hmm. comes into it as well. Um, so it's really about uh, you can ask your wine shop attendant; they'll definitely help you out with that. I mean, I help people out with that constantly in Midtown. Um, but it's it's going to come down to a lot of your personal know how and the effort that you put into it. Wow! But that's like if you're wanting to do like serious aging of like 15, 10, 20 years. Um, anything, a lot of Italian grapes, like we already mentioned, like Barolo, Barbarescos. Those things are just so, so grippy that they they can go for ever. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of the California stuff, it can age. Um, but especially with climate change, you're coming into a territory where the fruit is getting really concentrated and really lush. And and um, it's, it's going to – I'm curious to see. We're in some weird, like, unprecedented times when it comes to climate change of how this is really going to affect everything yeah. going forward. So I'm curious on that aspect. How do you think the snow is going to affect things? Um, well, the snow might be, it depends on how they, how they deal with it because in one, you're delaying that budding and you're delaying that ripening of the fruit 
that might play in their favor because with climate change, everything is happening so quickly that by the time it's harvest time, everything's already over ripened. That's kind of the issue they're having with climate change. Um, the only other thought that I can think of when it comes to snow is moisture. If there's too much moisture, they're going to have an issue with like fungus mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it, it depends on how the winemaker is dealing with it. It could either help them or hurt them, I think. But I think it's more of like your positive aspect of how you look at it. Maybe we'll pick a little later this year. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hopefully it didn't hurt That's anybody or kill anybody out there, especially those buds. Hope you didn't kill those buds. They're already <laughs> out. It'll be, a, it'll be a tragedy. I definitely want to drink this slowly. It's like such a big wine. Definitely. I, 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 I like sipper. it a lot, though. I really do. No, it's really got a nice profile. Yeah. I mean... Good I mean, fruit. this feels like quintessential aged Bordeaux. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aged cap. I mean, we're picking up a lot of cap, obviously, because it's mostly cap heavy, but. Yeah. I mean, drinking it, I can definitely tell it's it's older. Mm -hmm. It's aged. Um, but like I said, I haven't had too many 30, 40 year old bottles, mm -mm. but. Um, it's got a really, really smooth finish, though, too. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite, like, you know, like that medium point when you're like first starting to swallow it and then it, you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's nice. It's those rounded out mm -hmm. tannins, baby. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we looked it up. The top song of the week during this exact time, March 19th, 1993. Can you sing the song? Um, no. You can't. <laughs> but I know the band. You know the lyrics. Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Ordinary World. Ordinary 19, World. 93, number one song this week. So cool. Better times. It's such a good song. Actually drinking this wine and listening to that song, I'm like, I belong somewhere else. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if you were in France in 93 drinking this, when it was like just... Young. Young. Baby. A young wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1993. That's crazy. Yes, and then the top song of the year in 1993. You wrote it down, didn't you? Whitney, yeah. Houston Whitney Houston hit. It seems like that was Whitney Houston's, I think that was like the height of her career, obviously, if that was like the number one song. I mean, it sounds like song. it, because that was the number one song of the year, and then even just next week, the top song changed to Whitney Houston as well. Right. So Is it I Will Always Love You? Yeah, I Will Always Love You. Which originally... Dolly Parton I was just wrote, say, right? Was that a Dolly, Dolly, Parton Dolly Parton song? Parton yes. And I saw and a I... crazy interview at Dolly Parton where she said she didn't even know that all that was going on. Mm -hmm. Like she oh, knew what? she heard that um, Winnie Houston was cutting that song. Oh, and she like, didn't know? She kind of heard some stuff about it, but it never was like finalized or mm -hmm. something I heard. And then she like heard the song like just randomly and was like blown away by it. But. Yeah, she wasn't like really in the know of like what was going on and that it was really going to become like a thing. There is one performance that Winnie Houston does of I Will Always Love You. And it was in the very beginning when it first came out. And I, I'm sure she even got burnt out of singing it sometimes. But there's one that I watch and it, it brings tears to my eyes. No joke. Like it's just like she had just one of the most beautiful voices I think that ever existed. It was and, on an award show. We watched it. Yeah. And um, just the light in her face and her eyes before all that other, you know, crap became a part of her life. But I mean, you could tell it was like this moment for her, you mm -hmm. know, that was just like this huge deal singing this beautiful song. And that song, I think that song just resonated with so many people all over the whole entire world. And 
I don't know. You get goosebumps when you listen to her sometimes. I just, she was a light, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, her and Miley Cyrus performed it. Um, I like little oh, Dolly New Parton. Year's mashup, yeah. Dolly Parton. Yeah. I wanted to start sobbing right then and there. Yeah. I saw, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> it was so sweet. Yeah. I don't know. It's good to look back and remember those people that oh. made a difference in our world. And, you know, I think, yeah. Well, and Whitney Houston has definitely one of the most distinct voices. Yeah, amazing voices, and one of the best national anthems. Oh, that is the best sung. national anthem ever. I mean, sung. hands down, like she's that's my pick. But, Gone too soon. Yep. Um, I still can't believe this is forty years old. I can't either. <laughs> I can't either. I keep thinking like we're in 2023 and this is 1993. This is like freaking so 40 I, year old wine. I was six years. I was on. six years old when this was made. That's crazy. <laughs> I was a a cell. I was gonna say you weren't born yet. I was gonna say I wasn't born yet either. Yes, you were. Quiet. I, I was gonna there. say how old are you? But you don't listen. Say. I'll kick you off this podcast <laughs> real fast. And I did want to talk about a couple of treats and snacks we have from Trader Joe's, and you guys have to try them all and tell me what you think of them. So we, they recently got these slightly coated dark chocolate almonds and they're almonds coated with a thin layer of dark chocolate and dusted with cocoa and sea salts. I love those. Mm. And they're not really bad, bad. as far as the no. ingredients and that calories and everything. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can eat 10 of them and only 150 calories. Because it's not calories. like overly sweet. It's not right. sweet. Yeah. Right. That is nice. Oh no. These have been... um flying off the shelf these and these like chocolate pretzel bark things but i really like the like i don't like sweets and i feel like this is something like for me like somebody that like doesn't enjoy sweet things i'm like i get it's just that hint like very very slight yeah i was gonna try the wine after we tried mm-hmm. the. that's what i wanted to try mm. i love sweets oh they brought up <laughs> they brought up the acid them. in it <laughs> that made it more acidic more acidic um and then this these new olives they are grilled, pitted. I'm so obsessed with these things. I don't know. Can you pronounce that? Val, that that word under there? Shaladiki? Shaladiki. That's that looks like it. shaladiki. You think it's shush- Yeah. Shush- Better than what I'd say. I'd say like shaladiki. De- I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know the best way to end your day? The what? best way. What? A pickle bowl. A pickle bowl. Mm-hmm. A pickle bowl. Have I told any? Have I told y'all about my pickle bowls? No. What's a pickle bowl? It is where I take a tiny bowl in my kitchen uh-huh. and I fill it with every pickled object that I can find <laughs> in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my nightcap. I'm all about um, that. And it is. Uh, it's olives. It's pickles. It is uh, banana peppers. Mm. I got pickled red onion one time. Uh, dilled dilled garlic. That's good too. So what are you what are you pairing with Nothing. this? Do not, oh, you're I am just taking it back to my room like a gremlin. Girl, and I am eating these pickled objects. I'm 100 percent about that, and that is how I'm putting myself to bed. Wait, did you guys try this olive? Oh yeah, it actually tastes. It tastes grilled. grilled. Yeah, like you get say, a grilled tastes, taste with it. Like okay, these are really good. It tastes grilled. This is going delicious. In, going in my pickle bowl. How much is a bottle of that? Mm. I love these. Mm-hmm. How much do they cost? I want to say like. Rick, under four around four something like that are you joking no really they were you know funny thing actually they might even been cheaper than that they might have been like three something kelsey did not like olives oh my god these olives are delicious and now yeah now she's all about them yeah but i'm gonna go buy like five of these like do you guys get like a buttery (laughs) taste with these oh yeah Mm -hmm. these olives but the grilled part is like they just came off the grill like Like, this is so unique like 
now I'm the possibilities are endless of what I would want to pair these with. It almost adds like a little smokiness, like a barbecue would, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because olives are like meaty in general already. So it's just so good. And then this new um, Italian Boganda cheese mm-hmm. with herbs. It's a semi-soft cheese from Italy. And um, I think it's really good. Does it say what herbs are in here? So it is... It just says dried herb and spice blend. It won't really say it. I mean, it does say there's thyme, parsley, fennel seeds, caraway seed, but maybe some other ones. I love the creaminess of that cheese. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is good. I love this cheese too. It's really good. I like the the herbiness of the cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm. Making me excited for warmer weather. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Y'all need to pick up the almonds, the cheese, definitely the olives. I think out of all three, that's my star Almond, stunner. Yeah, it's the star of the, the show. The olives. So you, yeah. can, you can pick up all these things, but don't sell them out before I get to them. <laughs> yeah, well, these, you know, people have been getting them, but I don't think anyone's, like, jumping on the grilled olives. But I'm like, now I'm going to go buy, like, four jars. Yeah, we'll take a picture of all this stuff so we can, uh, so you can see it and go to your Trader Joe's and pick it up. And while you're at it, pick up this... A bottle of 1993. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to find that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not going to be able to find this one, but. What do you think this bottle. Yeah, what would this uh, go for? Retailed for originally. In 1993. Originally? Yeah. Oh, I'm so not sure of that. But now. Um, now in the condition that it's in, I would say. Oh, that's tricky. 130. 130 i would think yeah um i saw 130s listed for um their labels were a little crappy our label is still very pretty over here um yeah 130 i think 130 is my final answer final answer final answer 130 <laughs> Wait, are you gonna look it up <laughs> i'm gonna try yeah you can try i'm gonna try and look it up i've seen it listed anywhere from 22 dollars to 193 <laughs> right but that's all that's based- a pretty big drastic i know <laughs> it's all based on the condition of the bottle and how it's actually been stored well and it must have been stored really, really well because I, I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm pulling up a 1996, and the average price is 4.90. Oh, that was a different vintage. Um, so they're pricing really 96 it. was a different vintage than 93. That? 93 and 96 <laughs> are different. The things you learn on podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was kind of going back to what you were saying of like, how do we know? Like, All right, we're wrapping up this episode with Kat. We so appreciate you coming over. It's been really, really fun. Thanks for having me. And you're so knowledgeable and very like, you're very like clearly, you clearly explain and speak about things, which I really enjoy. Like. It's very you. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, She's so got a good podcast voice too. She she really does. Yeah. yeah, I think we're gonna have to make this like, you know, a little more regular thing. We fun. Yeah, I could listen to myself talk all day. Oh my gosh, you are so humble. I know. <laughs> That's what she thinks every night when she's eating her pickle bowl. I'm like, hmm, girl, you got that podcast voice. You came up with these pickle bowls. Like, man, you crushing it. So I was at Total Wine the other day, and I just grabbed a bunch of new wines that they had. They had this, like, new item section. Right when you first walk through the double doors, keep going straight and it's to your left. I know that store is huge. I've talked to so many people, actually, that say when they go in there, they walk out because they're so overwhelmed. It was crazy the first time I went in. Yeah, because there's so much. I could see how it could be overwhelming. Yeah. So I think that one thing that could help you when you go into Total Wine, look, go to the end caps because they have a lot of like 
wines, like these top 10 wines for under $20 that they think are good, or they'll have staff picks. And then right by that first end cap. So like literally you go in, look straight ahead, then look to the shelves on your left and they have a new item section, which I think is really helpful if you're looking for some new fun things to try. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said they were doing a tasting. They were right? doing, yeah, they do tastings pretty frequently. Okay. Which helped you Which helped because, me. yeah. Yeah. So I, I picked up all the bottles from this new item section and then they have a lot of just wines that they're trying to showcase in the middle to these big, you know, big displays and everything. I picked up this one because the label looked cool like a lot of us do. You know, we oh. look with our eyes with the wine. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this looks cool. The guy was doing a tasting with the wine that I picked up and then he had another one that he was like, oh man, I've had to keep filling this one all day. And I was like, oh, that one must be good if you were trying it and getting it. So the one I picked up was about 20 bucks and... I tried it and then I tried the other one that he was refilling for 10 and I was like the one for 10 was totally just way better. Mm-hmm. So I ended up putting the other one back and I got that. So it's helpful to do the tastings. So the people in there are very friendly though and they want to help out. So if you feel overwhelmed, just go in there and be like, hey, I feel overwhelmed. Like normally I drink old world wine or I drink new world wine. Um, and then they can kind of point you in the direction. Um, and I'd say actually majority of the entire store is really direct towards spirits too. So you can totally just, if you don't drink spirits, just stay on the right side of the store. Mm-hmm. All the spirits are on the left side of the store, at least at the one that's here in Nashville. Yeah. So we got a rosé here. I, I picked this one up again because it was just a very beautiful bottle. It's got this jungle scene. Shopping with And then the, the bright green with the pink of the rosé was just really pretty. And I love screw caps on wine mm-hmm. because Which, I don't. segue. So yeah. Cut you off, no, go ahead. But going into aging, screw caps are really, really good. Really? Because you are, you know, you're cutting out that chance of that cork taint. Oh. So you're not going to get that, that that vibe with it. I wouldn't no. even know you could even do aging with a screw top. I mean, why not? Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone really wants to because the idea with the screw top is it's meant meant to be drunk pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Um, but if you find one that you think has the tannin, the fruit, mm-hmm. the stuff that we explained would yeah. stand up to it. Why not? Lay down sides. Well, a lot of people does. look at the screw top and they uh, think the quality is subpar right. because it is a screw top, and right. which that could mm-hmm. be further from the truth. You know, there's some incredible wines that, as we all know, what do you guys get tops. on the smell of this one? I got cotton candy. I got watermelon. Mm, I watermelon too. Mm. It smells pretty. The watermelon juice at the bottom of your bowl on a hot summer's day. I agree. Oh, it's got a pretty nose. Yeah. Mm. 100% Grenache, right? Yep. Mm. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very light. Very light and delicate and drinkable. Drinkable. What do you think, girl? Almost like a tinge of sweetness on it. But I can't tell if that's like any sort of like residual sugar mm-hmm. or if it's just because it's so fruity. Well. But maybe, the color is very pretty. It's very light. Maybe with it being Grenache too. That too. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that could go into why I'm picking up on that. Very pretty color. A juicy and refreshing rosé with elegant strawberry and tangerine aromas. Mm. Mm. It is uh, strangely thirst quenching. It mm-hmm. is. Which is weird because a lot of times wine isn't thirst quenching for me. I have to have water with it. No, this is a perfect I like spring this one summer rosé. This was really good. How much is this one? I want to say it was around like eight bucks. Shut up. I think so. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But all the ones I picked out were around like they were like twenty and under. And I got a few that were around like what's the name of it? 
Oh, you you say it. <laughs> <laughs> un John Un Rosé. No, it's like no, that's Un Jour. Un, un Jour. <laughs> un Jour. Yeah, you un jour try to say it rose. like Chinese or something. Jour. He said he said Un Jour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might be wrong. It's either way. It's got to be. It's, it's less than fifteen dollars wow. for sure. So. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had like a hundred percent Grenache Rosé. I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're better than us because you have a 1993 bottle of wine that we just drank. And she's Stop. tried Grenache Rosé. Stop. <sighs> You've probably had 100%. You just don't even know it. It's really common. Yeah. Um, but I will say this wine does drink really true to its varietal as a as a Grenache Rosé. So it's it's I think it's pretty well done. Yeah. If you like um a little bit more fruitiness with your rosé, I'd say this mm-hmm. is a good option. Very good. Well, this has been really fun. Yes, Kat, thanks for coming over. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. We just learned about Everything. aging wine. And um, now we got to cheers out. Cheers. Till the next time. Till the next time. Chin, chin. I will always love you. <laughs> <laughs>